For Arizona Public Media, I'm Tim Swindle, director of the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory, and this is Arizona Science. Joining me today is George Rieke, a Regents Professor of Astronomy at the University of Arizona and the science team lead for the Mid-Infrared Instrument on the James Webb Space Telescope. Welcome, George. Hi, Tim. What was the first space infrared telescope? Well, there were some small telescopes that were developed by the military because they didn't want their heat-sensing missiles to lock on a star. But the first really major one was a project called IRAS that mapped the whole sky. And again, uh, Frank Lowe, Eric Young, uh, played a major role in that from the university. It was also developed at Caltech and JPL, but we were among the very pioneers in that. What is your role on the James Webb? I am the sort of co-PI science team lead for the mid-infrared instrument. It's the instrument that looks at the longest wavelengths. The, most of the, all the other instruments work in the region from the visible to about 10 times visible wavelengths. And they actually are all centered on looking at stars. They, want to, they just want to look at stars at such high redshift so early in the universe that their light has been shifted into those wavelength regions. So the mid-infrared instrument that I'm the science team lead on is the one instrument that's going to look at the fundamentally at non-stellar sources, planets, stars embedded in dust, galaxies with huge amounts of star formation in them, most of which of the energy of which comes out with dust, active nuclei from black holes, and so on. Tell me a little bit about what the biggest challenges of the James Webb Space Telescope are. Well, the biggest challenge is we wanted a telescope that was too big. Too big because it won't fit within a rocket fairing, so there's no way to launch the telescope without having it fold up. So the whole telescope has to shrink down, fold up, get in the rocket, get in space, and then unfold and line itself up to make good images in space using images of stars to guide how you move the segments in the telescope, the mirrors made of many different pieces, get those segments lined up to make a good image. There's another challenge, which is this is an infrared telescope, so it has to be cold. You've said that a, an infrared telescope has to be cold. How cold does it have to be? Well, this telescope, itself is 40 degrees Celsius above absolute zero. We call it 40 degrees Kelvin. In Fahrenheit, that's like 60 degrees above absolute zero. So it's like minus 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Absolute zero is the lowest temperature you can get to. Temperature is due to the vibration of molecules and absolute zero is when that stops. The telescope gets there by just radiating energy into space. There's no actual mechanical cooler that cools it down, but space is even colder. And so if you just build it right, you can lose the energy to space and get cold. The only exception being the instrument that I'm involved in, which has to have a cooler to get down to just about six degrees above absolute zero. Does this mean that the telescope has to have big sunshades to keep the sun off the back end of it? The sunshade is as big as a tennis court, and it has many different layers. It's proved to be one of the big challenges because we can't launch it either. It has to be all folded up, and it has to sort of unfurl like a window blind when you get it in space, and that's proven to be a really big engineering challenge. The particular kind of light that you're looking at, the mid-infrared, why is it that you are so interested in that? 
So mid-infrared lets you look at, for example, planets around other stars or asteroid belts around other stars. So it's part of the big push in astronomy to find other planetary systems. It's also, it turns out, most of the energy of very distant galaxies that are still forming comes out in the infrared. So if you want to study them, this is where you have to look. There are, of course, lots of other things. I could go on until midnight, so maybe I'll stop here. And why do you have to have the mid-infrared portion of the telescope colder than the rest? Everything radiates in the infrared, and the, the colder it is, the longer the wavelength that it radiates at. So we want to cool the telescope down so the radiation of the telescope is longer and lower than the radiation we're looking at from the astronomical objects. Otherwise, it will blind us. All right. Thank you for coming in, George. You're welcome. This is Tim Swindle, and this has been Arizona Science. You can also listen to this and other Arizona Science segments by going to the Arizona Public Media website at azpm.org.